0: Welcome to Pod Me If You Can, I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today we're going to talk about Robin Williams, who passed away last week. Um, and we're just going to do a bit of a retrospective about his life, about the films he's been in. Uh, we've done a couple of these now. Um, Tony Scott was probably the most recent one. Uh, we did a retrospective about Steven Soderbergh's career, but uh, it's not quite the same when the actor passes away. Lloyd, where were you when you heard about Robin Williams passing away?
1: Uh, I was uh, actually watching TV, and it came on like uh, a break happened, and then it came on in this uh, morning show, and they were just there, morbid, and we just, and they were like, "Oh, we heard just heard some terrible news," and they said Robin Williams just died, and I was like, "No way!" and yeah, and that's how it happened.
0: It really it's interesting that it's one of these people who you don't ever imagine being dead yeah you know what I mean Um, uh, it makes people think about their own mortality it um, like you say it creates like a very morbid feeling I actually woke up to the text message from you and uh, it was asking whether or not you thought we should do this podcast and uh, I didn't understand the context because you just asked if we should do a Robin Williams podcast and I obviously hadn't heard he was dead yet oh my gosh. So I was like, oh, what a weird request. Because obviously we'd done Nicolas Cage Week yeah. recently. And I thought, oh, he wants to do like a Robin Williams week. Is there enough obscure Robin Williams performances? Anyway, so that's where my headspace was. And then uh, my wife came in and she said, oh, some bad news out of Hollywood this morning. And I did not put the two together in my groggy half-awake state. Yeah, And I just went, oh, what happened? And she went, oh, somebody died. And I was like, oh who and I still hadn't put it together and then obviously Robin Williams Mm. and yeah it's the kind of thing that brings everybody down like a lot of comedians coming out writing very touching pieces about their own experiences meeting Robin Williams a lot of people saying how he was you know a stand-up icon about how he's influenced so many people's careers yeah and he was such a big character
1: Yeah, it was huge. Well, I felt it was important for us to do one because we grew up in the 90s, and he was such a huge force. Like he got his big start in the late 70s and throughout the 80s, but I felt he hit a big chord with a lot of 90s, like particularly with Aladdin, his his voice work he did in that, Jumanji, and a whole bunch of other films. You know, Patch Adams, um, and uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. He just hit a chord with um, our generation, especially. But in my opinion, he didn't like it's like wine as it ages it gets better and I just felt when he took serious roles he just became so incredible like his talent was just so supreme like I credit you over and over again by spotting the talent of Christopher Nolan very early um, and especially with Insomnia, that's the one that sold it for me. Uh, Dave spotted with Memento. Um, I thought his performance in Insomnia was so incredible. Um, and especially what's that one with Matt Damon and everyone? Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill yeah. Hunting. Oh my God, that it was. He was so incredible. And I, I think my favorite is probably One Hour Photo, but we'll get to that um, eventually. But yeah, I, just, I really felt we had to do one just because. He he was just such a huge presence, as you said, especially for our generation.
0: My first cinematic experience that I can remember, um, apparently my brother won tickets to see The Fox and the Hound, and I went along to that, but I couldn't tell you anything about that screening. I was too young. Yeah. Um, the one I remember is Aladdin. Uh, completely packed cinema. 1992 makes me, uh, what, nine years old, wow. so... You know uh, that's the one that sticks in my mind and visually i remember and this isn't obviously robin williams related but visually i remember the scene where the magic carpet is flying aladdin out of the cave of wonders and there's all the explosions of lava and everything like that right at the sort of critical time of the film Uh, and then everything improvised from robin williams everything in his performance you walk out thinking about the genie being like a huge character especially because he's free at the end yeah um
1: although he was a side character like um a supporting character he was the main you know you just memorize he was so memorable at the end of that
0: it was one of those things where hollywood wasn't putting a-list stars or disney rather wasn't putting a-list stars in animations he really changed it Mm. and made people notice that a-list stars you could recognize their voice you would attach yourself to the film more and you know give a solid performance like it was just voice actors doing you know earlier disney ones and i was thinking about it like um it, it, the current highest grossing animated film is frozen and uh, for those who haven't seen it i won't spoil anything but there is a snowman named olaf who likes warm hugs and uh he basically steals the show he um he's very comedic and magical and obviously. Uh, yeah, steals the show is a good way to put it and that's exactly what the genie did in Aladdin. Um, this sort of smaller character or side character who totally steals the show and and winds up being the one you think about in the film. So Aladdin for me holds, um, certain memories just because of first cinematic experience, but um, I remember going back and watching the Dead Poets Society when I was in college uh sort of just revisiting and like everyone sort of had talked about it at some point i'd never seen it and again very iconic there's all these moments of robin williams film career that they were able to pull and put in all these um memorial tributes and reels yeah when you watch it all together like that you know you sort of forget some of the performances and just
1: yeah he um What blew me away with him, he was on Rove Live, which is like our David Letterman in Australia that ran for quite a few years. And he had an interview, uh, Robin Williams had like a, a Skype interview with Rove And he was so amazing. He was like 30 steps ahead of Rove. Like, every time Rove would say something that wasn't funny, um, Robin Williams would pick him up and make it hysterical. You know what I mean? He was incredible. Because I never really found him that funny, like, in his movies. Like, I I just didn't run with it. Like, I loved him more as a serious actor with awakenings and things like that. And when I saw that interview, I was like, okay, now I get it. I, I I think you can still see it on YouTube. Um... I, I think he's incredible. I, I think uh um we had a big meeting with people from all around the world. And I think Tony Blair was in office at that time. And Tony Blair and uh, George Bush um, came to Australia to visit. And he started going on about the Blair Witch Project. It, oh He was just rifting on everything. He was so incredible. And then that's when I got into his stand-up. I, I watched some of his DVDs, his stand-up acts. I thought he was, he's really, really funny. And look,
0: it's obvious when you see how many times a year they play his movies, that they're classics. Um, You see Jumanji all the time. Um,
1: Mrs. Doubtfire hit a chord with a lot of people I know, uh, particularly a a lot of people I know um, had a single mother growing up, so they obviously went through a divorce, and that movie just hit a chord perfectly. And I don't think any movie ever since has come like has you know um come to that sort of um uh i guess you can argue toy story like um the main kid andy's growing up with a single mom and it but it doesn't really deal with how, how the pain of the kids and the pain of the father you know you know what i mean i, I thought mrs doubtfire yeah. i wasn't a big fan of mrs doubtfire myself but uh, i know it's a very important film for a lot of people
0: it's one of the most convincing kind of gender cross kind of uh films yeah. like uh For a terrible example, the Wayans brothers in White Chicks, for example, just not a good one. But in terms of, like, looking like a convincing old woman, like, Robin Williams has a pretty solid performance. Yeah. Like, um, he's able to do everything, then, the voices
1: and... look And his movements as well, as as she's struggling to walk up the stairs and move from one room to another like he does that old you know lady sort of walk uh, really well it's really hard to capture movement cuz orson wells yeah. played an older man in citizen kane um and he was 26 and he played kane at all ages and the the movements he got so right like and it's one of the hardest things to pull off you know
0: i saw like a lot of performances from robin williams he's he's playing a great dad or a great parental figure um like mrs doubtfire uh, in um, homicide life on the street he's in one episode i happen to catch it jake gyllenhaal plays his son another great sort of fatherly performance in nine months he's a doctor but in jumanji he becomes this kind of uh it's an adventure isn't it yeah. of life um and in jack is that the one he ages yeah that's really why quickly? francis
1: ford coppola believe it or not really yeah and it has uh, jennifer lopez it has diane lane it has so many actors and i was like how, how come all these great actors uh, in this movie and i was like oh francis ford coppola
0: <laughs> i do not remember jennifer lopez in that film she at all the, i'm guessing you do yes but, um, <laughs> uh they play flubber all the time as well yeah she's just looking i at never saw filmography. flubber yeah
1: and bicentennial man i remember that those were the big films of the late 90s
0: For me i mean obviously he won the academy award for goodwill hunting but that's the character i want to remember him for the one where he's giving advice where he's you know he's able to help people and he's obviously it's a serious role but it's still so funny like the same way he's telling Matt Damon about how his wife used to fart so loudly Yeah, in oh,
1: that was incredible. Every time he talks about his wife, you, just with his performance, you can feel the love he had for her. Like, there was so much love he had for her, and he's just really, like, going through the motions of life. And you, really, Matt damon's character really has brought something to his life now like you really get that sense uh, a lot of people pay out good real hunting i think it's excellent you know i don't know what people are going on about i watched it i was like wow this is beautiful
0: <laughs> and there's there's always that worry that i guess people are peaking too soon when you know matt damon and ben affleck sort of came in with that that's a great place to start and then are they going to kind of drop
1: off and yeah
0: you know make terrible things after that, but I guess they both focused
1: on acting. I love it how he had the beard and just that intensity as well that existed within him. Like, I think there's a moment where he just snaps at, um, Matt Damon and there's just this world of intensity and backstory there. Oh man, I got to watch that film again. It's, it's awesome.
0: (laughs) It feels like the appropriate one to put on, uh, given this terrible news. Yeah. I was actually starting to watch, um, a film called dead again which um, Robin Williams is in, it's uh, directed by Kenneth Branagh. It's from 1991. And uh, I was going to review it for the video show we do on the YouTube channel. And um, so I'd started watching that before we recorded the last podcast, which, um, oh, well, Planet of the Apes, I think it was, um, episode 97. And so right at the end of the episode, because I'd been watching that film with Robin Williams, I said something like, if you have a suggestion of a film for us to watch um you know if somebody's in it like if you've been watching a movie and you're like hey i didn't know robin williams was in this film and that that's like one of the last things i've said on the podcast yeah. before you know we've sort of heard the news or whatever then yeah it's uh it's eerie because obviously i was thinking of doing one just then
1: um have you seen um the fisher king I have not. Oh, it's excellent. I think that's one of my favourite Robin Williams movies is directed by Terry Gilliam. Um, You know, he did Baron Munchies and 12... um 12 monkeys uh it's like don quixote this poor guy who's just um hallucinating like he's homeless and he hallucinates and this guy's just trying to help him and it's beautiful it's a really awesome film i don't want to spoil it too much i think everyone should go check that out but i think that's one of his top performances no doubt i think he did another film with terry gilliam i think it was was in baron munchies and he played the moon king or something uh, i, I okay. liked all those fantasy 80 movies i, th- I think they're excellent
0: <laughs> i seem to remember
1: in um patch adams doesn't he die like i have never seen patch adams and that's referenced quite a lot particularly in community a few times like they do um quote lines from him, so it must be a very popular film but again he just hit a chord with so many people from the 90s like whether it yeah. be goodwill hunting with us or um uh, you know uh mrs doubtfire with a lot of people and uh, patch adams must have done that as well
0: I remember Monica Potter from Patch Adams very clearly because I was like, wow, she's gorgeous. But um, as I remember, not 100% correctly, I'm sure, um, I remember him dying and then there being a whole thing about his death and it being very
1: sudden and yeah. stuff. And just Have you seen yeah. um, Good Morning Vietnam? I have. Uh, Some I years haven't ago seen now. it at all, yeah. I, I've seen a lot of the Vietnam War movies and I thought it was an Oliver Stone film. I go, yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. that. That's with Tom Cruise as well. And it's like, no, it's about a radio guy. I'm like, oh, okay, I haven't seen it.
0: Death to Smoochie is not that memorable for me either. Um, I,
1: I I read the script for that and it was probably the, probably the funniest script I've ever read. It was hilarious. And I watched a movie, not as good as the script, but it, it's really dark and subtle and has a lot of it, it's there's a lot of layers to that movie i don't think it worked entirely but uh, man robin williams is tyrannical in that movie
0: <laughs> who's who's playing opposite him
1: is uh, it, i think it's danny edward norton
0: right because yeah. danny
1: devito directed it didn't he i think so yeah
0: yeah i remember there being a lot of um shots that seemed like they were on ladders looking down at people and lots of crane shots from yeah above. It's, it's crazy of, yeah yeah the Final Cut, though, I have vivid memories of this film.
1: Um, have you ever seen that I one? love Final Cut. It's a, uh, I think it's a very flawed logic, but I think the idea is very good about the uh, how people are born with cameras um, in yep. their eyes and they can see their whole lives. And they're these guys called cutters, and they edit um, at, at the person's death, they edit their whole life together in an hour movie, I guess, for everyone to see. Um, so they get very personal view, views of everyone's lives. like. But they're very um, isolated sort of people. Sort of reminded me of Gattaca for some reason.
0: Yeah, because it's probably the workstation he's at. Yeah. But um, wouldn't that be an amazing thing to see an hour of Robin Williams' life yeah. edited together from his point of view? I mean, there'd be him voicing characters at premieres. How at, many um, actors
1: that he'd meet and stuff like that. Oh, people working with, playing yeah.
0: opposite actors, having that point of view. I mean, uh, no doubt he's had a very amazing life. Yeah. I felt um, a lot of grief about when Heath Ledger died, and my wife did as well. She was a huge fan of him. And um, the sort of only thing you can sort of say is at least they have this catalogue of movies and things you can revisit, and it's a way of people living
1: on. Yeah, I I said... um, I I think I was talking with Paul about Paul Walker, and then we went to James Dean um, with someone, and they always have those movies. They're so lucky that... um, you know, they. Uh, um, we're all so grateful that they start in these great movies that we can always relive and enjoy those times. You know, like over and over again, they're going to be there forever, pretty much. You know, so uh, I think it's fantastic. Like, uh, I'd, I'd really like just to celebrate um, everything that he's done. You know, like, um, it's, it's just beautiful. For me, the the film that's now changed now that he's
0: died is What Dreams May Come. I haven't seen that. Um, yeah. Okay, he. um he and his wife fall in love and have two children boy and a girl and the children die. And then he's in a car accident and, um, he dies. Uh, initially he doesn't know he's dead. And Cuba Goodings Jr. Comes down and sort of tells him he's sort of a ghostly apparition and tells him that he's dead. And then, um, he's like, great. And he goes to heaven and it's all magical and dreamlike. Everything he imagines comes true. And then, um, essentially his wife on earth, uh, she kills herself and then, he learns that people who kill themselves go to hell. Right. So he goes on a quest to hell to save her, basically, and try and bring her back. Uh, and there's stuff about hell that's very vivid imagery, and uh, uh, there's faces that are like... He has to walk over all these faces, like a path of people's like live faces who are all talking and stuff. Some weird imagery that stays with you, but um, spoilers for the end of this film, but he uh, goes to hell and, um, says to her, you know, you've got to come back with me, but she's clearly suffering from this like insanity. And, uh, what he winds up doing is saying, no, I'll stay with you. I'm going to stay here in hell because, you know, we're soulmates and, you know, I'm not going to be without you and stays there. And that wakes her up out of it. And then he's able to rescue her and get out of there. And when they're back in heaven, he, um, he gets asked whether or not they want to just stay in heaven or whatever, and or uh, get reincarnated together and try and find each other all over again and wow. do it all over again, kind of thing. And that's what they decide to do. And then the very final shots of the film are two little kids meeting, a little boy and a little girl, and it's you know you imagine they've been reincarnated and and they're doing it all over again. So now, if you watch that, you can kind of imagine, you know, Robin Williams being reincarnated to do it all over yeah. again, and yeah, it's just kind of. Yeah. A, a nice spin on on the fact that he's gone, but um I mean, I feel like you feel like we knew him just because of his fame level and everything, yep. but obviously we we didn't know him the way his wife and everybody did, yeah, this is um, I don't know, it's just like a very kind of sad time worldwide as yeah. well you see you see there's a meme going around with um the Jumanji board, and it says somebody roll a five or a six so we can bring him back yeah you know, um even. The creepy f- role he did, like One Hour Photo. You just talked about how that was maybe your favorite role. Yeah. So, do you want to talk about that?
1: I loved One Hour Photo. It was uh, directed by the famous uh, music video um, director who I'm struggling to think of his name. <laughs> um, but it, it was so incredible. Something about the tone of that film and how it's edited. Um, the how how much level of white there is that that level of purity and it's being disturbed. I don't know, just like uh, almost like that that family, that beautiful family um that has all these little problems and he's trying to penetrate into that life that he never had and it's about this lonely old guy working at a photoshop that's you know sort of going digitals on the rise so they're sort of like going out of work you know with uh, regards to print and he's like this throwback to the old ways of perfecting film prints and stuff like that it is a beautiful beautiful movie and his performance is so touching how much he yearns to be part of of that um family like how he wishes he's a grandfather how he wishes he had you know someone to love and care it's really it's a terrifying movie it's really scary and it might not be pleasant for a lot of people but you cannot deny robin williams incredible performance in that movie it's it's beautiful have you seen it dave i saw it at the movies oh, yeah it was really I wish I really intense <laughs> um mark Romanek. Roman- Romanek. romanic 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 yeah mark Romanek, i think
0: for me, the um, the performances that uh, some of the most recent ones um, I saw him in Wilfred. He did like a one episode thing where he was like, "It's not your fault," and he was playing his character from Goodwill Hunting. Oh, okay. <laughs> he he did that bit part in Friends that everybody replays all the time. He's sitting in a chair, I believe, with um, Billy Crystal.
1: Oh, awesome! At the beginning, I think of I've episode. seen that. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, he was in the Zero Theorem. Apparently, have you seen that? No. No, that's um, Gilliam's new one, I think. Okay, pretty sure it's Gilliam. Um, but the more animated recent performances, the family-friendly ones. I mean, he's been in Happy Feet One and Two, and Night at the Museum One, Two, and Three.
1: Yep. I, I, um, I avoided Night at the Museum the first one for a while, and everyone said, "No, it's actually really good." And so I finally rented and watched it, and I was really impressed. Um, I was like, "Okay, it's it's not bad. It's pretty good." <laughs> United
0: Museum three, which is called Secret of the Tomb, hasn't come out yet. It's in post production though, so presumably Robin Williams' performance is all finished. He reprises his role as Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, so cool. um I'm wondering when an actor dies during production or before a film is released, it often dominates all the questions they're asked in the in the press conferences and everything. Yeah. I mean I'm guessing we're gonna hear nothing but obviously glowing stories and reports and stuff yeah. about Robin Williams, but um it might make *Nazi Museum: Secret of the Tomb* just a little bit sad. Yeah. For a family-friendly adventure film, I never saw his latest TV show, *The Crazy Ones*. Did you
1: ever? No, never see seen that. One? What's that about?
0: Uh, ad agency, and Sarah Michelle Gellar is in
1: it as well. Oh I, yeah, and he yeah. plays—he plays the father of Sarah Michelle Gellar.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I haven't seen but any never, yet. Never seen that one.
0: He um, he played old dogs is that um with John Travolta okay and there's world's greatest dad more fatherly performances and then there's been at least two films he's played a reverend licensed to wed with uh John Krasinski I think it is mm-hmm. and Mandy Moore and uh The Big Wedding he's also the the father or the priest or whatever in that just um seems like maybe at a time he could do anything yeah you know he's got we've got him playing in a president as well in um the butler. Okay. He's uh, Eisenhower. Just such a lot of performances. But one of the things I read recently was he um was looking at maybe being the Joker when Jack Nicholson got the role oh, for the original wow. Batman film. But obviously Jack Nicholson, he's a big draw card, you know. Okay. I mean it's hard to beat Jack Nicholson when he's at the top of his game. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. Um Did you ever so see that movie he- Toys? I
0: did, but years ago... Yeah, I, I don't hated have fond, it. <laughs> I don't have fond memories of it. I it was wasn't going to so it. so
1: bizarre and crazy. But Robin Williams was good.
0: <laughs> there's a there's an episode of a podcast called um, How Did This Get Made, where they talk about toys. And having seen the film years ago, I listened to that episode of the podcast, and that brought most of it back to me and rem- reminded me of all the things I didn't like about yeah. it that I'd blocked out.
1: Well, Hook was a big one when I was young. I remember kids going crazy for that film and uh, i think spielberg doesn't like it i think he said something against it like he he made too many mistakes in that movie but um i i like there has been a recent peter pan movie that i thought was pretty good i think some of it was shot in uh, australia i can't remember the name it might be Nevernet land or something like that i can't remember i think it
0: was just called peter pan
1: okay it's just called Peter. it was actually pretty good but i thought hook wasn't bad um when i was young i think they had an incredible cast like bob hoskins and dustin hoffman like how can you top them two as like the villains and i thought peter pan um Robin Williams had such a great duality there, playing this straight-up sort of spinster, you know? Um, uh, like, he doesn't... You know, he's just trying to be an adult. He's struggling to be a father and um, keep up with each other, And then he gets taken to this crazy world and he has to face the fact that he is Peter Pan, you know? It's actually a really... Um, uh, a lot of interesting layers for that film. I don't think it's a great movie. I don't think it's a great kids' movie. But it it's it has moments of brilliance. And we, how can we forget I, Rufio? Qu- I I, quite, I
0: quietly love that movie. Rufio.
1: Yeah. I quietly love that movie
0: for a few moments. Um, Peter Pan's got kids. And the bit where they flick the imaginary food and yeah. it becomes real. You yeah, know, that was cool. Sort of mid-flight or whatever. And just the fact that he embraces being Peter Pan. I, I love that line.
1: Um, Hook says, death is a, a great adventure. And he goes, no, life is the greatest adventure you know yep. that, that beautiful line just like wow you know these two opposing forces this is great
0: yeah and the fall of rufio and just like i think because it wasn't a great kids movie um because it was partly adult you know you had a lot of kind of things going on that were adult jokes or uh i guess death and things like that you know, with rufio and so i guess i felt like when i was watching it that i was watching something older than i should have been watching sure you know what i mean yeah like Maybe that's why it worked for kids, I don't know. kind of came around at a very interesting point in my life. Where and Julia kind of, Roberts
1: guess, played um, uh, the fairy, didn't she? Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell, think Bell, she yeah, wow. <laughs>
0: I love the scene where it's um, Run Home Jack, and it's the, the kid, son of Peter Pan, and then they switch the sign around and it says Home Run Jack, yeah. you know, when he's playing baseball. Just so many little subtle things that... Like, I'll still pull out and quote from time to time. I like it off Dustin
1: it has got the gun to it. Don't even try to stop you, Smeag. Smeek, what are you doing? Stop me. I've got a gun to my head. Don't you-, you
0: dare <laughs> try and stop me, Smeek. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that's another well, great actor who passed away recently, Bob Hoskins. And I love his movies. I think he's a fantastic actor. Except for Mario Brothers. <laughs>
0: okay, we can leave out Mario Brothers. <laughs> it's, um... It's great that we have all these performances of Robin Williams. I feel like my favorite is probably *Goodwill Hunting*. Yeah, although yeah, that's a fantastic movie. I'm not across all his performances, so I feel like gradually I'll revisit and watch.
1: Yeah, I want to have a mar. If I ever get time, I just want to have a marathon. I'd go *The Fisher King*. I would go, uh, you know, *Aladdin*, uh, De- uh, *Dead Poet Society*, uh, *Goodwill Hunting* uh insomnia especially and then one hour photo i know that ends on a really dark note but oh man Uh, and awakenings was really good he played opposite robert de niro and it's really touching that movie um wasn't a big success at all came out in 1990 um and he plays a doctor uh based on a true story who cures who finds a brief cure for all these people that are like in a coma Like um, they're they're like awake and everything like that, but they're they're like vegetables. And he's able to find this serum that brings them out of it, but it only works briefly before they relapse um, back into it. But it's so touching Robert De Niro. Like obviously there's a soul inside that cocoon and Robert De Niro is just slightly crying and there's nothing Robin Williams can do as the doctor to bring him out. But they're so happy they had that brief moment of life. You know, um, they're so thankful to him, but, oh man, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I think people should definitely check it out.
0: He's, um, he's inspired a lot of laughter and it's, um, something that everybody remembers. Everybody has a favorite performance for Robin Williams. So from Aladdin to Mrs. Doubtfire and Goodwill Hunting, it's, um, it's safe to say that, you know, this is a worldwide event really that, um. I don't know if he's going to be the la- I always think about in a way the last face they show at the Academy Awards when they do the in memory, you know, yeah. uh reel of people who've died this year. And it's starting to pile up, Lauren Bacall, Bob Hoskins as you mentioned. Yeah. It's um Yeah, uh I do sort of wonder if anybody else will die this year that will be last the last face i suppose i I always think the last face they show is the most famous and the most memorable and the most kind of a nod to them having a wonderful career in life and everything and the the biggest salute i suppose yeah um is a good way to put it so i I think robin williams will be the last face they put up in the in memory reel at the oscars this year because i feel like he's you know, it's it would take a horrific amount of sort of famous deaths, I suppose, to to knock him from that place. He's uh, he's a prolific actor, and um, he will be missed, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I, I miss him greatly. But um, again, all these movies are here for us to watch and enjoy. So, as I said on my tweet, I think I, I think I tweeted this on his I live forever in the movies you gave the world, and we enjoyed so much. You know, so I'm going to take that to heart
0: yeah and a lot of people have tweeted the genie you're free picture yeah that's beautiful yeah I don't know where that originated I I retweeted it from someone as well but that's um that's hopefully the way everybody's feeling and that he's no longer suffering in any way whether it was depression or Parkinson's or whatever the cause um hopefully he's in a better place Mm. a la what dreams may come this has been the 99th episode of pod me if you can so um We'll be bringing you a special 100th episode. Uh, You'll have to download it and listen to it to find out what it's about. But that'll be our next episode of the podcast. Thank you to everybody who's listened. And um, rest in peace, Mr. Robin
1: Williams.